There exists a psychological phenomenon in which perfectly sane people with no desire to die find themselves standing at the edge of a steep cliff and experience a strong desire to leap. This phenomenon is so common, in fact, that the French have a term for it, l'appel du vide, which loosely translates to what we refer to as a call of the void. And that's freaky deaky summer break. Just kidding, we don't do that in the summer, but we'll see you on the inside. about to get all deep here huh with this trigger warning yeah i did i wanted i just had to put it up front because i'm like hey, we are technically talking about people <laughs> wanting to jump off cliffs yeah so um welcome back to tft summer break eight episodes deep how's it feel christian are you tan you're looking kind of tan you're looking a little sunbaked. i am yeah it's uh, those sweet alaskan sun rays they hitting you well yeah i keep washing all the the scent sunblock off every time i go in you know, in the water that's the way it works yeah before we get started be sure if you haven't already i'm sure you have you're here for what the 50th 60th week in a row of course you are already following us on social media if you're not what are you doing man what are you doing you following the kardashians because it's not as entertaining as what we are putting out their clothes are better though they are and we'll try to be more fashionable but guess what uh in the meantime head on over to instagram and facebook and follow us at freaky deaky pod go over to tiktok if that's more your speed at TFT Paranormal over there. And if you have a story of your own that you would like to share with the show, send it to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. Like, what are your experiences with fairies in the United States of America? Yeah, there's that's one topic for did, sure. Did they speak with an Irish accent? I bet maybe they did. Or any accent. Did they speak at all? Was it a dragonfly? Let us know. Yes. Either way, uh, before we get started, again, final warning. No, final Final warning. Final warning. We're going to kill you. No, I'll cut that out. The Void might. Yeah, the Void could. There is a bit of a trigger warning for this episode, too. So I just wanted to uh, to jumpstart the episode with, you know, as it'll be, it'll sound a little sad, but we are talking about a very strange thing that I guess could maybe trigger people. So, yeah, if, if you are thinking about taking your own life, please don't do it. There's help out there. And there's always someone you can talk to, regardless of the situation you're in. You may feel alone. I promise you are not. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255 so if you need to talk to someone please reach out to them or us if you're feeling you know feel free to shoot us a message we'll talk to you if you're about to step off into the void step back step back from the void yeah there's calls from behind the void there's a movie you want to see coming out next year to get this started what is call of the void we'll go over some highlights from this live science article before we dive into examples and theories can i guess no it's a new video game. I said no. <laughs> and then you guess. Yep. Classic new video game. That would be interesting. Sure. Have you ever stood on a balcony, leaned over the edge, and unexpectedly thought, if I wanted to, I could just jump 
Or perhaps you've been at a cliff's edge with the intention of doing nothing more than enjoying the view and fleetingly considered how easy it would be to simply step over the edge. This sudden, often unanticipated thought is usually nothing to be worried about, but it certainly warrants exploration. This feeling, which tends to be brief, entirely out of character, and often involves thoughts of leaping from a high place or driving headfirst into an oncoming vehicle, is more widespread than you might think. In fact, it's so common the French have a term for it, which we mentioned previously, L'Appel du Vide, in English translates to the call of the void. But even though many individuals, over half of people, two small studies suggest, have reportedly experienced the call of the void, it hasn't been studied widely. So what do scientists know about the call of the void, which is also known as, quote, the high place phenomenon? And what has research revealed about it? So first of all, Christian, are you aware of the call of the void? Yes. Do you, are you a victim of call? I think I, I, I'm obviously not a victim cause I'm still here. Yeah. I mean, I've been in high places where you're like, Oh, that would be so easy. Yeah. That's See, about a, I've never really pondered it. I'm just, yeah. you're just like, it's just, well, there we go. It, you know, and I have discussed it at certain times with other people, why that is, what causes it. So it'll be interesting to go into this episode. I think I have it, but it's, I don't think it's high. I get like. I have a fear of heights. If I'm at like a cliff's edge or something and looking down, fuck all that. Yeah. But I get it like more on the, like if you're on the road and you're driving and there's like a cliff to your, like you're not right at the cliff, but you're like driving around it. How easy it would be just to like kind of twist your hand back. Yeah. Right off the cliff. Right. You know? So I get, I get it in that, but not so much if I'm standing at the top of a giant building or something, I definitely get a fear of heights. Do you think the void is actually calling? Uh, we're going to dive into a little bit of that. Okay. The, the different, like there's the, we're talking about the science and the studies right now, but there is a couple of fun other theories that. You... I'll wait, I'll wait for my theories for a little bit, but yeah. to I... me, a void is always wanting to be fill, filled. Yeah. So. And I have, I have a, yeah, I have a theory similar to that. Uh, so there's two studies. The first significant study on the phenomenon was published in 2000 or yeah, 2012 in the Journal of Affective Disorders, which found that. Just over half of those who had never had suicidal thoughts had experienced aspects of the phenomenon at least once, whereas over 75% of lifetime suicide ideators reported feeling compelled to jump from a tall building or a bridge. The study revealed for the first time there is no direct link between suicidal ideation and having sudden unexpected thoughts about harming oneself. The study concluded that there was a clear distinction between imagining the possibility of leaping from a high place and actually wanting to do so. Preliminary findings suggest that those experiencing void calls are misinterpreting the brain's warning to move away from danger, hmm. which is kind of funny. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, no, get away from that. And you're like, should I jump? Should I do that? That's not what I'm saying. Moreover, people with higher anxiety levels were more likely to have felt the call than people with lower anxiety levels. Thus, the study's lead researcher, Jennifer Hames, concluded that the call of the void could be a person's subconscious encouraging a greater appreciation of what it feels like to be alive, rather than trying to lure them to their death. The study suggests that hearing the void could indicate heightened sensitivity to internal cues. A more recent study published in 2020 in BMC Psychiatry looked into whether the call of the void was more common in people with suicidal ideation than those without. Quote, in our outpatient clinic, people frequently asked whether they were suicidal, end quote. 
said study leader Tobias Teisman, a clinical psychologist at Ruhr University Bochum in Germany. Sounds right. Yeah. Close to right. If you're from Germany and I botched that, please let me know. They were very attached to life, but they also felt compelled to jump out of a window or drive into oncoming traffic. Because I experienced the phenomenon in my early 20s, I knew it would be fascinating and clinically relevant to study. Teisman enrolled 276 adults who completed an online questionnaire and 94 people who had a, quote, clinically relevant fear of flying, meaning they had sought medical or psychological help to overcome their phobia. Teisman examined, quote, the phenomenon's prevalence across both samples, he said. The study found that suicidal people were more likely to have felt the call of the void than non-suicidal people, but Teisman doubts that there is a link between hearing the call and wanting to harm oneself, saying, quote, people who react anxiously to body signals are more likely to report the phenomenon. Also, people who experience shaking, light, dizziness, and or cramping tend to recall the event. People seem to know it regardless of suicidality, never once heard that word before, or anxiety, Teisman said, saying, quote, it is therefore not a sign of psychopathology. It's important not to interpret such experiences as an expression of a hidden death wish, the researchers wrote in 2020. That's interesting. It's, I mean, it is, I guess it is kind of weird in general that there is that kind of like desire, whether it's your brain telling you that, or like you're misreading signals from your brain telling you to step away from danger. And you're just like, oh, is it telling me to jump? Should I jump down there? See, I I think we're misinterpreted. I don't think it's a, a desire necessarily. It's just an idea. Like mm. a what if, what would, you know, yeah. or it's also maybe your subconscious is maybe showing you how fragile life is. And maybe, maybe there's a message in it. And that message is, Hey, jump down here. No, we like, have don't cookies. jump down there, but yeah. our anxious mind interprets it wrong. Yeah. Because the subconscious doesn't communicate the same way that the conscious mind overwhelmed does. or like shaking. Like, yeah. Do I do it? Do like I do your it? subconscious, like, Ooh, what would happen if we jumped off that cliff? And yeah. your mind's like, we want to jump off the cliff? And the subconscious is like, hell no, that's not what, what we were saying. We're just saying. Was, uh, I was posing uh, a question. Yeah, like I want you to think about your life choices by pondering the call to the void. And, oh, yeah. and we humans just totally go a different direction. Yeah, it's possible. This is, this is one of those topics that I know for sure we couldn't have filled an entire episode with. But it is something when I first heard about it, I was like, damn, I really, I just want to look into this a little bit. Like it's nothing like I don't I, I mean, there's definitely a possibility for paranormals, but it's creepy nonetheless. And uh, it is creepy. That's for sure. Yeah. And while I, uh, I spent some time per- perusing the Web to see if anyone else had experiences of their own with this phenomenon and found a lot of common threads below are some comments posted of others sharing their experiences before we go there. Yes. Where, did you feel the call to the void? And you're like, I should write an episode about that. Uh, no, I mean, I have felt it before, but I only when someone threw that out there, because it has such an enticing title. Yeah. Yeah. A call of the void. What? And so when I looked it up and saw what it was, I'm like, oh yeah, I have experienced this plenty of times. Okay. But, um, I think most recently, probably when we were uh, last summer, when Alex and Chris were out here, we went somewhere and then on the way back, we're like pretty high up on this mountain driving around and there's plenty of places to pull off and, you know, get pictures of the scenery. It looks gorgeous out there. Right. But it wasn't, and it wasn't even like a dangerous area. Like if I, I could have easily just walked down the side, but it was far enough down at, outside the gate that I remember just kind of like looking over. I'm like, huh. So I could just 
arms wide, jump, roll, whatever, your way down. Yeah. But yeah, it is a fleeting thought. You're just like, yeah, whatever. I guess I'm not going to do that because be responsibilities like a, and stuff. But yeah. You'd probably bounce. Yeah. We tend to bounce. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, this is from uh, from All That's Interesting. There was an article on All That's Interesting about Call of the Void. And I was just going through the comments of it to see, you know, because a lot of times if you find like a topic and then you look at it and then you scroll down, there's like eight to ten comments on these random like forums or websites. Right. But some of the best stories I found have been from those comment sections. Yeah. And so this these were from uh, an article on All That's Interesting. One was Emily Hintz says, quote, I was on a chairlift once in Colorado when I was absolutely overcome with the desire to jump. It was the first time skiing in a long time. I was alone on the chairlift and I was really, and I was very high up. I doubt I would have survived the fall. I had no idea there was a word for this, lapel du vide, until today. I was not suicidal, but the desire was incredibly strong. It took all of my will not to jump. It was very frightening. And then I found uh, someone responded to Emily's comment, some someone that goes by Sutton 907. So it could be an Alaskan. Probably. Probably an Alaskan. How ironic. From Sutton. That would make a lot of sense, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of some dude's last name. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's a Sutton. Gotcha. Sutton 907. Sutton, Alaska. It responded to Emily. See, it's like Kismet, man. I don't know. That's, what are the odds? that in, Of the eight to ten comments on this random website, one of them is about from Alaska. It's weird. It's very weird. Maybe I should jump into a void. No, no, not now. Uh, saying, anyway, he says, this happened to me for the first time while stuck on a chairlift in Montana. I rode back down and it occurred almost instantly once I was back on the chairlift. It developed into a profound chairlift phobia that was stuck with me my entire life. That's nuts. Have you been on a chairlift? No, I haven't. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if those are thoughts that have passed a lot of skiers or snowboarding. Because it's, there's, I mean, it's a simple design. Yeah. You know, people do fall off of them and die. Screw around and fall off them and die. I mean, I don't remember when I was on a chairlift, if I thought that. I remember probably because that was when I took China snowboarding when she was younger. Yeah. And I remember that all I could think about was how to get off the chairlift with China falling on her ass and spat. She would spaz out. She had a mental block. You're just getting off of it. So I remember one time <laughs> she stop, fell in right? front so of just, me. Yeah. I had to jump over with the snowboard attached to one foot and duck underneath the chairlift. China. Classic. Yeah, China. It's a story you should bring up to her. I'm sure she'd be thrilled. <laughs> now I've never been on one, but at the same time, they seem kind of terrifying. Like I, they could be, I'm the type. It's cool. I'm sure. Like you're like, Oh wow. How peaceful. But, but for me, I'd be looking down like, yeah, that's way too easy for me to just go. Whoo. But you know, if you're sitting there doing the right thing, it's, it's pretty safe. Yeah. I mean, doing people... the right thing in this case is sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, do you want to read the one from Christopher Townsend? Yes. I've had the same experience, but I always thought of it more along the lines of, because I'm thinking so much about not jumping, I guess I should say, of, quote, because I'm thinking so much about not jumping, the tension will build up so much that my body will betray me and jump, unquote. Kind of like that feeling when you get a burst of energy and just have to move around. That does, I mean, it's the same thing, like if you're holding two items and you're trying to throw one away. And you always throw away the one that you don't want to throw away. Yeah. China was laughing so hard 
watching this video of this guy that there's like a catch and release with a fish. And so he's holding the fish and he's like taking a photo with it and stuff. Then he walks to the edge of the boat and he just throws his phone into the fucking ocean. And as it goes, you see the life leave his eyes. And he's like, no, he's holding this flopping fish all over the place. And he's just like desperately wishing he would. But that's happened to me every time I hold two things and I go to a trash can. I promise you I'm going to throw away the thing that I didn't want to throw away. I'm going to hold on to the piece of trash that I meant to throw away. Maybe that's a good example of your subconscious mind trying to help you out and you're reading the signals wrong and people are like up on a tall cliff and they're like, definitely don't jump. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, jump. Here we go. Like now. Okay, here we go. I always wanted to be a stuntman. And now you're a dead man. I guess I could understand that because my my brain literally does it every time I go to throw something away. Are you ready for a crazy theory? Yes. Okay. So let's say Mother Earth actually has some control over the way the world works. Hmm. And Mother Earth is able to send a a disaster in the in the name of like or a a tsunami, earthquake, sure, you know, a hurricane, whatever, to help with the infestation it has of humans and too many humans to this is an anti Shyamalan movie. Yes. So what Mother Earth does is when you get into a situation it does call from the void hmm. because each lemming it takes off, you know, the map is more su- sustainability for all the life on Earth that's left behind. Interesting. I have a very similar paranormal theory or deity theory, I guess, uh, later on in the in the okay. theories. But yeah, interesting. It could. You know, I mean, who's to say, man? Who's to say? Uh, Zatara says, "I've never ever did this." The phrase you might be looking for is, I have a death wish, closely followed by, I am an organ donor. So I guess not everybody experiences this. And I am actually interested very much in hearing from our listeners. If you out there have had an experience with the call of the void yourself, are you someone that stands at the the edge of a, a gigantic drop off and thinks, yeah, I could just jump. I could just, it's to be so easy to just walk right off this bitch right now. But, but you don't do it because obviously you don't have a death wish. Or are you someone that backs away from that cliff and says, uh, uh, no, thank you. I'm good. Yeah. I don't trust myself enough to be this close. And I think some people would tell you that those thoughts, sometimes those thoughts are so pervasive that it's like, almost like somebody's yelling, jump. Yeah. I think, but I think it is part of an anxious mind that takes it up another level or two. That would check out. Yeah. I myself have a pretty anxious mind, I believe. And I don't. Hmm. Yet we have both experienced this. Yeah. Interesting. These next ones come from Reddit. This is from Farley Tane. Said, I noticed that I felt like that when I was about 14 years old. I used to take a bus and a train to school and always made myself stand way back from the edge of the platform while waiting for the train. I had a longing to jump down into the tracks, a feeling which grew stronger when I saw the train approaching the station weird feeling and that's the one that i get i get that more often than i get like like i said i can't do the heights but i get weird shit like that where it's like same situation where you see a train coming or if like a subway or something like that and you know that you're like don't jump down there you're not supposed to it's just that something in your head's like yeah just jump down there fuck everyone jump down there who gives well, a shit we like well, i don't have a death wish but there's a part of our brain that sometimes makes us believe it might have a death wish yeah you just want to prove that you're a badass you're gonna get fucking jumped down here no problem yeah I think, and I think I share a similar view as Bill Burr 
when when he talks about this shit, he talks about almost like just getting like shock value out of people. Yeah. Like just the the crazy when he says like he's losing his mind or something like that, he just imagines he's laughing so hard because he's imagining himself just going up at like a carnival or something and punching all these random things at these the carnival booths or these cakes or whatever it was. Yeah. Like just losing his shit. And to him, it was hilarious because he was picturing everyone's reactions to that. Yeah. And how they would think that like, oh, this man is a psychopath. Yeah. I think that's a similar vein to what I get. It's almost like a shock factor thing where it's like I could just. Like, if, if, have you ever just been talking to someone and be like, I could just slap this person in the face right now? No. And it would be the funniest thing. No. No? Come on, man. Do you think I think <laughs> no, like that? Not one. Like, oh, but see, it could be anything. It doesn't, like, I've never slapped anyone in my life. Like, who am I? Will Smith? But but the fact that, that I have these thoughts of just doing it randomly because I know that it would be hilarious, to, they would just not be even looking. Like, they wouldn't even cross their mind that something like that could happen. Just having a conversation with someone. Oh, yeah, that's a vengeance. Like what the fuck? Like there's two reactions to that you either laugh or you're like, I'm mad at you. I'm gonna fight you right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. And that's maybe I just have a weird brain like that that thinks of shit and more. Is it is this funny? Is this not funny? You know. And so I'm always chasing that kind of funny haha. I'm trying to get like laughs out of people and a rise out of people and shit like that. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's the difference between it. Where I just think of these weird scenarios as a shock value. Yeah. Before we move on, I'd like to say to Scott's subconscious. Not funny. Slapping you're, someone? Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, yeah. My, my subconscious and, and just And you're not disagreed. rich enough. To, I know. To yeah, only get a 10-year ban from the Oscars. I'd get a 10-year sentence in jail is what they exactly. did. Like, you laid hands on someone. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Mom, I'm sorry if you're watching. I don't do that normally. Yeah, this next one is from I Need an Adult. That drive off a cliff or step into traffic. Hey, like mines. I have these thoughts frequently. I have no desire to act on them and find them disturbing, but I don't know how to make them stop. They just pop up suddenly, then go away as quiet or as quickly as they came, which is, um, and I didn't put it as a theory because it is technically just something out there, which is intrusive thoughts, which I have plenty of intrusive thoughts. I don't know, depending on which side of the, the aisle you're on, it could, it sounds kind of evil, right? What's like, an intrusive thought? You've never heard of intrusive thoughts? I've heard it. I just don't quite. Uh, where it's just like something fucking like, like for me, a lot of the time it's negative, where it's just something that it's a thought that you don't want to think about that feels like it forced its way into your head. It's like, um, you know, you remember hearing the story about the war on drugs yeah, and how it made the war, the drug issue worse. Maybe that's something similar. Like when you declare war on like a thought in your own head, that thought's going to fight gonna come back. back. Yeah. But see that, that almost adds like a sentence to it that makes it really freaky to think about. You right. Know? And that, that makes it even better. Like if what your thoughts are things. Yeah. And what if your thoughts had their own life to them and there was a, some kind of miscalculation or something that was growing that's, things. That's up. where that balance would come in handy, where it's like if you're too like far over to one side where you're like super depressed or something like that, then you start having these thoughts, like you're just it's a snowball effect from that point. Well, I, th I think people overthink these thoughts too. It's like an old like, It's easy to. It's like a Buddhist thing. When you have certain thoughts that aren't kind of the thoughts you really want to have, you're like you notice it. Yeah. And then you let it go and move on. Yeah. You like, don't focus on why am I having these thoughts? Why am I thinking about, I'm just here to see the Grand Canyon with my family. Why am I thinking about stepping over these rails? Yeah. Or you throwing, just let it go. Or throwing a sibling off, you know? Well, I mean, that's understandable. We've all had siblings. All of us yeah. that have had siblings understand that one. Yeah. Not it, me, of course. Jody, perfect sister. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You owe her a compliment for sure. After all the shit you've put her through on this podcast. Yes. Yeah. But uh, no, like examples of like an intrusive thought or something like that is if, like, let's say I, uh, you know, let's say you wanted to ask someone out, right? 
you're like, oh, that, that person is very attractive. I feel like we would get along very well. And as you're walking up to him, you just, the thought pops in your mind, well, she's not going to fucking like you, you dumbass. You're an idiot. Nobody likes you. You're a waste of breath. Go fucking die. That's an intrusive thought. Yeah. Where, like halfway there, you're like, well, I'm out of steam already. I haven't even got to her. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, I have, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't have those kind of thoughts, but you know, what if yeah. a serial killer had intrusive thoughts? I, I have plenty of theories surrounding that they do, I think. And that, but see, my, my theories on all that shit stems to like stuff that you don't like talking about or you don't like acknowledging as possibilities instead of being like science and brain chemistry and talk- whatnot. Are you I'm talking talk- demonic possession. Yes, I am. We but, can talk demonic possession. The demons yeah. are us. Oh my God. He solved it. Everyone, in this case. It's in this over. case. Yeah. You know, I mean, it does feel demonic. Well, yeah. And it's hard. Like, it, even if it was just a brain chemistry thing, how could you not think it's evil in nature? Well, like, especially you know? the way we've been programmed. I mean, even if you're an atheist in this world, chances are you've still had the religious programming and you just took it in an atheist way. But yeah, and you the still, program. I love that you keep referring to it as a program. You still have the programming <laughs> that our society has given us, yeah. given to us, which is generally when a society promotes something like that, it's it's not always healthy. So yeah. I would call it program yeah, as opposed would. to individual thought. And yeah, as opposed to a desire to do something because you've done That's research. That's individual, and, but yeah. when a state controls mm, the thought of course. and stuff like that, and, and we can talk about religion anyway we want to, but there has been programming way before you and I came to this earth. Sure. You know, and that's always been there. So in this case, that programming would tell us it's demons and maybe it could be demons, but the programming, I think kind of throws us off a little bit. Yeah. If there were demons, which I do not believe. Go ahead. I'm going to dive into these last couple of comments. Yeah. And then we're going to talk a couple of possibilities and we can discuss that a little further. The, okay. the first one is from Revolutionary Song 16. It said, God damn, that's good to know. I've been driving before and thought, what if I just drove right over this ledge? And that's exactly what I said to you like earlier in this yeah. episode. I consider myself pretty sane and don't suffer from depression. And it scares me when my brain throws that at me. And then uh, from Just J613, he said, I still get it all the time now. It is very strange to know that jumping would be fatal, but there's the pole to do it anyway. My brain fights between the reality of certain death and this confidence that I would survive. It's a hot mess in my de- in my head these days. And then there was one um, there was one person. I don't know if I don't I didn't add it in this, but had probably the greatest comment of all time. And they were like, "That's not call the void. I call that the fuck around and find out." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that is what that is. Fuck yeah. around and find out." Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've came across it when you're researching this, hmm. did you find anything age related? No, I'm going to throw something out there that I think might be the case or might happen more often is say from like late teens to mid twenties. I bet you it's more prevalent. You think like when the brain's developing or in that like psychosis kind of, I, I think with- that there's just the way the brain is building itself at that time. I think that those thoughts are like, first off, you you realize that you can have thoughts like that, which is probably mind blowing Yeah, as you come into adulthood. Because as a child, they may have some type of thoughts like that, but it's a little different when you, you, you realize, okay, I'm an adult and I just thought this. Yeah. So that, so your brain's developing in a way. And so I wonder if that age just has it's there's it's more prevalent at that age and when you get to like an older age you're like well this is just what happens you just think that sometimes mm. and so it's not 
quite as traumatic because you've yeah. dealt with it for 10, 15, 20 years. And now you're just like, well, that's just a weird thought that's kind of creepy. I'll stay away from the ledge. <laughs> you know, that kind of Smart thing. thoughts. Yeah. Smart thought is staying away from the ledge. Yeah, so the I, I wrote down just a couple like kind of talking points as far as possibilities go. The first, obviously, has been kind of the, the theme of this entire episode, which is the psychological response to something like that. You know, either misreading the communication from your brain yeah. or something along those lines. But the, the one that kind of what you talked about, I mentioned being like an earth spirit of some kind. Like we have, um, you know, like the old mind gods and shit that required like human sacrifice. I think all the gods at some point. A lot of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you have these, like a lot of like, what was that one apocalypto? Did you ever see that? Yeah. Like where it's pretty much like they, they build this entire thing and then they murder the virgin at the top of this. And it's like, ah, you know, all the blood rains down to the, the earth below as like an offering to this earth spear of some kind or Aztec God or whatever it was. I don't totally buy into the Western way of that thinking about that, that, but that's another podcast, but I know yeah. exactly what you're no, saying. I'm sure it was a hundred percent Americanized and yeah. Know, and Mel Gibson was at the helm of it. So, of course, I mean, there but, were sacrifices during that time period. Yeah. But some people believe that before that time period, they didn't have sacrifices because they were in touch with the gods. It's when they lost contact with the gods that they're they, like, well, let's just start killing people, well, I guess. No, maybe they, our God needs a sacrifice to come back. Mm. And when it didn't work the first time, they're like, oh, that one probably had had sex before the dirty pervert. Give me yeah. a virgin. Yeah. And, and it, you, know, you know, that didn't work. And they're like, okay, I guess babies, Brown. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's works. not enough document, yeah. documented history to really understand it. But there were sacrifices but there. Following that theory that you had kind of said, it's along those same lines where it's almost like it's it hasn't had one of those human sacrifices in long time. Like maybe so we got every, it wrong. Maybe yeah. the Gaia wanting some human sacrifices was more just the overall health. Maybe Gaia understands what's needed on this planet to keep this planet functioning for whatever purpose in the grand scheme of things. And maybe that's just calls, calling. she calls for a sacrifice sometimes. It's like, all right. And she doesn't want it. It's just needed. She probably wants it, I'd imagine. No, it's Mother Earth. Mother Earth. You think what? Mother Earth is like, oh, what a, what a treat. Oh, no, I have to sacrifice my babies. No, no. I mean, Mother Earth knows that some things have to some things have to die for other things to grow. That's the whole reason we have forest. No, you're wrong. I'm sorry. I'm a, <laughs> you might be wrong, too. Mother Earth might be right. No. Don't tempt her. Father time. Yeah, no. which one's crueler? Both. Um, and then the other one, we, we kind of talked about intrusive thoughts, and I have slash hella low-key demonic possession oppression. Hella low-key, man. It's can, not like you're walking up walls. Can I ask you? Yeah. Here's the one thing I, I find Hard might, to believe, yes. might not work with demons. Let's hear it. A demon use, usually wants that vessel to keep going on so that they can infect other, de other vessels with their evil shit. You would think that. So you wouldn't think... Unless he needed a quick trip home mm. to making somebody jump off a cliff would help them. I think in that particular instance, there's stories of like, you know, even when when like Jesus cast out demons or whatever, the verse says that they roam the countryside or they cast out into this like flock of animals or whatever, right? Right. Maybe it just does the same thing where it explodes out of the person and just goes and finds the next host. I but, mean, that's like every possession show. Yeah. But for me, the I think if if that was the case maybe that person that it's trying to send off a cliff has a more important role in their life that it's trying to keep from happening. Like, let's say this person goes on to help tons of people. And the last thing a demon wants is someone that helps tons of people. You know what I mean? Like, so it could just be like, it's like, oh, I know that this, that the plans that this person is going to fulfill in their life 
are working for something that I am 100% against, it would be in my best interest to convince this person that they're worthless and to send them over the cliff. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, I guess I could see it. I could see it both ways. Like, number one, you love chaos if you're a demon. So you'd be like, ah, fuck this guy. Let's throw him off the cliff. You know, <laughs> like, right. you could, you'd know, you just uh, get another host or I'll be in a fucking goat or something like that. What's really terrifying about that theory is what if you're passing by like sheep or goats that have demon infestations and that'd be terrifying, right? What if they didn't have demon infestations and they were just making just that noise goats? because the humans kept eating them? I mean, like, have you ever had a... An animal look at you where you felt like someone was like it was like legitimately something was watching you, like there was something behind those eyes. I would think so. I mean, I don't really. You can't like pinpoint, but over the course of your life, you probably had. Yeah. Like, what if it was a fucking, (laughs) what if some demon had just thrown some dude off a cliff and inhabited this random bird that that is suddenly looking at you and you're like, something just feels weird about the way this animal is looking at me. What if there's something inside that animal? So demons could warg is what you're saying. And warg is a story specific saying for game of thrones fans where people could basically go into an animal hmm. but that, that's in, in, that's in a lot of lore though yeah right? like, yeah it, it's taken from other lore so in this case the demon's doing it the, the demon just made somebody jump off a cliff and he's like well crap oh mouse come over here i need to borrow your vessel for a yeah, little bit now i'm floating around yeah can you go crawl toward that human because i fit better in them there you go and he lis- look, listens to metal, so I definitely want to be a demon in the metal head. I mean, it checks out, you yeah. know? But uh, just fun theories. No, I don't know how fun it is, but it's a theory nonetheless, right? That isn't psychological-based. That could kind of tie in with the other side. I mean, My, I my I Mother Earth feels more wholesome than demons, though. Yeah, Let's go your, with that. Your Mother Earth sacrificing people sounds more wholesome. I mean, I guess, have, I mean, have you not lived? Demons, sure, yeah. Have you not lived amongst humans? No. And see, like? see what we do. Maybe that makes perfect sense that Mother Earth would be like, uh, we got too many of these things. Start it up. Yeah. Refresh. Unplug it. Remember what happened? In. We got overrun with unicorns. I do. No more unicorns. I do. And we miss them every day. Yep. In a similar example, we'll close out the this episode with an interesting fact about everyone's favorite emo poet, Edgar, Mr. Edgar Allan Poe. In his short story, The Imp of the Perverse referred to something similar, not too surprising, right? Referencing a desire to do something, knowing that you shouldn't. Almost as if for no other reason but to see what it's like. The narrator explains at length his theory on the imp of the perverse, which he believes causes people to commit acts against their self-interest. This essay-like discussion is presented objectively, though the narrator admits that he is, quote, one of the many uncounted victims of the imp of the perverse. Poe himself describes this theory, saying, quote, We stand upon the brink of a precipice. We peer into the abyss. We grow sick and dizzy. Our first impulse is to shrink away from the danger. Unaccountably, we remain. It is but a thought, although a fearful one, and one which chills the very marrow of our bones with the fierceness of the delight of its terror. It is merely the idea of what would be our sensations during the sweeping precipitancy of a fall from such a height. For this very cause do we now the most vividly desire it. Dark. Humans have a death wish. Dark, but also well put. Yeah. Yeah. Before he drank himself into oblivion. Sad. Very That's sad. the way most emo poets go. Yeah, I mean, hmm. word up. I, I didn't have anything better to say. That, but. Word up, Mr. Poe. Word yeah. up. Yeah. 
I mean, I think there is a part of our brain that yearns for exist or existence experience. Yeah. And that's just another experience to that part of our brain, our, or maybe the, the magical brain that has somewhere else to go when it's done with our body, you know, our consciousness, maybe, I don't yeah. know, maybe it's just looking for an experience and that's an experience, whether, whether good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Edgar Allan Poe is a walking example of this then? Like maybe like we talked about a few different possibilities, you know, was it's clear that, that he experienced what we refer to as call of the void. I would say the people that haven't just haven't yet <laughs> or, or they just don't remember it. True. Or, yeah, or it could some people fleeting. don't think that way. Some people have been trained to think only a certain way. If you get into the really ultra religious, yeah, maybe that thought wouldn't come at, come to them. Um, it's, I think it's just a random thought and we have a lot of them. That one is just so scary or catches us so off guard that it, we pay attention to it for a minute. Yeah. And to the point now where like, I don't really need to go to the edge of a cliff. I sometimes just looking at them in a picture freaks me out. Yeah. I get that too. Now I've noticed like, I'm like, uh, I wouldn't like being there. It's pretty and everything, but yeah. The, or the people that like will like free climb a fucking tall ass building and then take a picture, like a wide angle shot of their feet yeah. dangling off the edge of the building. That nothing makes my butthole pucker up into nothingness. <laughs> Those pictures, dude, immediately I'm like, oh God, no. Yeah, please. there's just no way I've yeah. I've slipped and fallen off, you know, a step stool before. That's a, that's a long drop. You yeah, feel. who knows if, if I could stumble over, over the edge of a cliff. That's the whole reason I don't trust myself to not stumble at the wrong time and that's it. Yeah, it just takes one. Yeah. It takes one little slip. Like I forget, I think Rogan probably posted some on Instagram or some a video of these people going up like windows of a building just freestyle, just just no ropes, no pulleys, nothing. Just a gigantic skyscraper and you're going up, pushing up against it. So let's just assume that deep within our subconscious, that person is, or that part of us is there, but we just cover it up all the time. So we're not that person that free climbs, you know, without ropes or whatever, or- We are not. Like the the great Belendas who used to do tight rope, tight rope, rope hacks without a net and a couple of them have died and gotten hurt really bad. Yeah. You know, some people's brains just work differently, but I don't think this call from the void is, 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 um, rare. I yeah. think it's just a natural part of being human. We're able to use part our brain in ways. A lot of animals can't, so we can play a scenario in our mind, such as math. Yeah. Stepping over the void. We're able to understand what might happen on a different level than say our dog might. I think that just about wraps it up. You think uh, it's a part of being human nature, and I think that could be the case as well as it could be demons. We love going back to demons. I'm thinking it's a combination of human it's, nature and mother nature. Yeah, it's summer break, man. We got to mention demons. But it's not summer break without them. To be, to be totally honest, though, mother nature could employ demons to, to fix her problems upon the planet. Well, there you go. We've made a real mess of this theory now. Yes. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, so that uh, that wraps it up, and I appreciate everyone tuning in. Yeah? Yep. Welcome back to TFT Summer Break. Actually, welcome. well, thank you for coming. Welcome away from. Yeah, yeah. We're welcome. about to leave you for a little bit here. Welcome to the away from TFT Summer Break. Yeah. It'll but, only be a week. We'll be back, though. Yeah, great news for you is a week from now, we're going to be right back in these hot seats, spitting some some straight facts and straight fire to you once more. Yeah. Just so, ha- uh, we're just happy it's not winter. Yeah, we are. 
for let's not even talk about winter let's keep that as far away from our minds as we can um again send in your stories to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com you know the socials already i told them at the front of the episode i don't gotta repeat myself i do that enough in this podcast right everything is demons we know we get it you've been here before and we'll see you right back here next week for episode nine of tft summer break it's a doozy you're not going to want to miss it it's the demons aren't real that's it yeah you solved it and that's the end of the show everyone goodbye Government agents.